This is Amy Poehler. My new movie, Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2, is coming to theaters June 14th, and it's making me feel joy and sadness and anger. Definitely some disgust. Rose! And I think a little fear. But I'm also feeling these new emotions like anxiety, embarrassment, envy, and ennui. It's what you call the boredom. Okay, that one was weird. It's going to be the feel-everything movie of the summer. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters June 14. Get tickets now. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash specialoffer. Welcome to Alec Feldman, the podcast from Wizard Radio. We've taken his show, broadcast live on Saturdays between 3 and 5, then cut out the songs, news, and other bits that aren't very interesting, leaving you with about an hour-ish of sweet, juicy content. Mm-mm. Mmm, content. Just one more thing. Don't bother sending in any messages, we'll probably never see them. You may be charged, but your entry won't be counted. Because this isn't live, obviously. It's a podcast. It's already happened. In the past. To get involved, just listen live on Saturdays between 3 and 5 on Wizard Radio Station. I'd like to be able to say you won't regret it, but I can't. This is Alec Feldman on Wizard Radio. Afternoon, it's Alec. Just before we begin, I wanted to to acknowledge, I guess, the the big thing that's in the the news at the moment, the murder of Sarah Everett, because it's such a it's such a grim story, and I know a lot of people will have been, I guess, just really disturbed by what happened. Disturbed, but for a lot of women, not necessarily surprised. I think because from what I've been reading over the last few days, what happened is I guess just one of the the worst fears for so many women. Whereas for the blokes listening, I'm I'm sort of I'm mainly talking to the blokes here, boys, lads, men. It's it's something we we don't even think about. We are so lucky not to have to think about it, and it's so wrong that that is the worst fears for so many women. I was reading ninety seven percent of young women have been, like, sexually harassed in public. That's abhorrent. And obviously, when something like that happens to you, I can't begin to imagine what it's like, but I guess you... you not knowing whether it, it stops there or whether it turns into your worst fear or anything along the way. And men, I think, really, we we can't relate to this. We've got to do some, some listening. Just have a think about the ways in which we ourselves behave. Hold up a mirror, right? Obviously, most most of us, the majority of us are not murderers, but almost it almost doesn't matter because it's the little things that can lead to the big things. And it's, it's kind of on us to think about not only the ways in which we behave, but the ways people around us behave. What are we condoning? What are we not calling out when we should? I, do, I don't really know where I'm going with this. I just, I've been so sort of, it's been on my mind all week and I wanted to say something because it feels weird to do a sort of fun, silly show without acknowledging what's happening, you know, out there in the world. So lads, just I think this is it's very important that we we think about this. We look at all the stories that our friends are telling on social media and sharing and just just have a think about it, I think, and change the ways we behave if necessary. And that's that's kind of that's my piece. I don't know how useful that was. But I wanted to acknowledge it, and now we have. We can begin. It's Saturday. It's three o'clock. Now, live from Manchester, Alec Feldman. Joel Corey Ray and David get started the show, followed by 24K Golden and 321. It's Alec Feldman on Wizard Radio. Somebody sent me this week a a picture, and they said, "Look, this is this is my my nephew's drawing. They know I really like 24k golden, so they've drawn a picture, and they had the <laughs> drawn a picture of 24k golden, and it was quite good to be fair. 
but I was I was like, wow, that's the most random thing ever. I, I know what my my auntie likes. 24k on, I'm gonna draw it. But I suppose that's kind of what what children do. I don't really know many, but it made me laugh. So that's that. Good afternoon. Welcome to the show. Are you okay? How has it been? How have you, how have you gone? What does, that, what does that mean? Have you had a nice week? Is what I'm trying to say. Has it been okay? Good. On the show this afternoon, um, a lot of questions. I have a lot of questions. Some of which will be answered, some of which might not. But here are the questions that we will hopefully get to the bottom of before five o'clock. Who could be the next Piers Morgan? What if you got a lifetime bank statement? Where did I go last week? When will David Beckham finish his Lego? And why should we be afraid of parsnips? Those are five very important and big questions that I will aim to get to the bottom of before the end of the show, fingers crossed. Another question is, what's going on? That's at uh, five to four, as it always is. And there's a 60 second guide as well, which, which isn't a question. So stick about, Megan the Stallion's playing soon, so is Tate McRae and Cardi B. But first, let's run down the worst and best things in the world this week. Right. Let's begin. I like to, to rank things that have happened, things that I've seen, things that I've done, just in, in order of bad to good, just to document, you know, where I'm at in a given week, what's been going on, what I'm liking, etc, etc. And these are all kind of themed today. They're all very much related. The worst thing in the world this week, and, and probably most weeks, is, is Piers Morgan. Just, just him, the fact that he exists, the fact that he plays this character of whatever it is he does, his act, his shtick of being just an idiot on the telly and winding people up and getting under people's skin and causing controversy. I just, I don't like it. I've, I've never really liked it, but this week especially, I really don't like him, him, it, whatever you want to call Piers Morgan. His existence is just winding me up and all the rubbish he was saying about Meghan Markle and, and all that. Just not, not cool. Not a good guy. Therefore, I have nominated him to be the worst thing in the world this week. However, on a similar note, I think the best thing in the world this week, or at least one of them, is the Oprah interview with Harry and Meghan. I have been somewhat obsessed with it all week. I didn't actually get around to watching it until last night. So I sat down after dinner last night, two hours. I just set aside the time. I I did some ironing at the same time because I'm really rock and roll and cool like that. And I just watched and I heard what they had to say. And I thought it was really interesting. And like, you know, cause I've been like hearing about it all week. I wanted to see what it was for myself and make my own mind up and hear the like the peep behind the curtain because the royal family is so like mysterious that it was i thought quite illuminating to hear what they had to say even if it wasn't that positive but i thought that was really interesting i really enjoyed just oprah because i've never really seen her interview anyone before obviously I've, i know who she is but i've never like watched her program so i thought it was really cool the way she was like coaxing information out of them just asking like little gentle questions and seeing what they were willing to reveal. I thought that was cool, so she was cool. But also, I love the fact that Oprah Winfrey has indirectly assisted with the other best thing in the world this week, which relates also to the worst thing in the world this week, which is Piers Morgan being sacked. I mean, what an interview. You can basically take down the entire royal family and Piers Morgan just from that one chat that is very impressive so huge credit to Oprah for that one those are the worst and best things in the world this week coming up next of all the questions I asked you a moment ago I think we should answer where did I go last week next we'll do that after Megan Thee Stallion debate with Crybaby on Wizard Radio Crybaby on Wizard Radio with Alec Feldman hello Tate McRae is on the way and I would also like to ask the question, when will David Beckham finish his Lego? But first, the answer to another question. Where did I go last week? I'm sure you've all been dying to know. It was a big adventure. I, I went so far that I literally crossed county lines. I went from one county to another. That is how far I travelled. And I went to 
I think arguably one of the most famous places in the world right now. I mean, maybe not right now. One of the most famous places in the world, like a month ago. Because last weekend, last Sunday, I went to Handforth. What do you mean? Where's Handforth? You know Handforth. Let me remind you. Handforth, the home of the world's most famous parish council. The home of Jackie Weaver. The home of... You have no authority here, Jackie Weaver. That that place. I actually went there. I went to the centre of 2021's biggest meme so far. I was there. Meme tourism. It's a thing. Well, at least I think it is. And before anybody gets too concerned about, you know, breaking lockdown rules and, and the like, it was all fine. It was all completely above board because it turns out it's only like a 40 minute cycle ride away from where I currently am. So I think that's okay. I didn't really, you know, see anyone whilst I was there uh, and I took a bike. So I, I think that's all good, even if I did cross cross the border between Greater Manchester and Cheshire. It's all fine. So let me tell you about this trip, right? Because it was very exciting. I went in search of one thing and one thing only. Weaver. I wanted to see if I could spot Jackie Weaver. Not in like a creepy way. I wasn't going to like show up at a house. Just just spend like a bit of time in Handforth, home of the Handforth Parish Council, off of that legendary meeting and see if she's just wandering around because I feel like Jackie Weaver is the kind of person that would just, you know, do the rounds on a Sunday, you know, be outside in her mask, socially distanced, waving at everyone and having a nice socially distanced chat with people that walk past. I think that's Jackie's vibe. So, so off I went. It was a long and arduous journey. It was kind of cold. Uh, my fingers hurt a little bit because it was that cold and it was a very complicated route that you kind of have to like keep going down loads of random roads to avoid crossing a massive motorway um but once 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 i got there i mean i was there i was in handforth i knew i was in handforth because on the road into handforth they have not one not two but three different signs saying welcome to handforth i'm not a, an expert in signs but i i don't really see why three were necessary you know one would have done the job but you know, I'm sure there's a very good reason. Probably, what probably happened, I reckon, is in their Handforth Parish Council meeting, they had to discuss, you know, signs saying welcome to Handforth Parish Council because it's completely chaotic. None of them could actually agree. And they ended up with three different ones. One that says Handforth Cheshire, one that says welcome to Handforth, and one, probably the coolest one in my view, that's like, a stone on the side of the road that has welcome to handforth carved into it um obviously i took photos in front of every single sign all three of them um just to to mark my journey and then i actually got to handforth village you know high street whatever you call it actually kind of underwhelming you know like when you think cute british villages in like cheshire in the countryside i was expecting something well kind of cute and it just felt like your average town center you know there was a tesco express there was a sainsbury's there was like a shopping parade full of shops there was a park that had actually the park was good the park had a miniature train line like a train but mini that you could ride if there wasn't a pandemic and it was closed but i'm sure it would have been lovely um and i kind of ventured around a little bit i went up to the station at the station I found a board, like a notice board, that belonged to the Handforth Parish Council. It had lots of important information. Nothing about Jackie Weaver, though, unfortunately. The sad news is, I spent probably about an hour there in total, and in that time, I didn't see Jackie Weaver once. I don't know where she was, must have been somewhere else. Didn't find Jackie Weaver, didn't see Aled's iPad didn't see councillor brian tolver none of the the regulars from the uh, video were were there and out and about which was a bit of a disappointment i thought you know you go to handforth that's who you see but all in all a lovely trip to a, a fairly average and uninteresting little village in cheshire would i go back probably not but i had a lovely time and i, I felt like i got to really understand the place that is handforth 
and why their council meeting was so chaotic. So there we go. What an adventure it was. I can now legitimately say I have been to Handforth, the home of Jackie Weaver. What a great weekend. This is Tate McRae and Slower on Wizard Radio. It's Alec Feldman. Hello. So I... Don't don't ask how I found this out, right? But I was I was doing some research for for something, and I came across the fact that David Beckham, the footballer and you know really really rich man and husband of Victoria Beckham, uh, is a a bit of a Lego enthusiast. I was trying to find a few celebrity Lego enthusiasts, and top of the list was David Beckham. Apparently, he loves it. And something I dug up right was that. David Beckham built a Lego Taj Mahal, like a a massive reconstruction, a really expensive, big kit to build the Taj Mahal, and he built it. And I was very impressed at David's talent here, but also a bit sceptical because, you know, David Beckham, he seems like a lovely man, but does he really have the time and the patience and the, I don't know, commitment to build a complete Lego Taj Mahal. I would imagine that's thousands of pieces. I, I should have looked this up, but let's let's find it out, right? Lego Taj Mahal. How many pieces is in the Lego Taj Mahal set? I can tell you it is 5,923. Right. So, I was a bit sceptical that David Beckham had actually built this this Lego model of the Taj Mahal with almost 6,000 pieces. So I wanted some some more verification. I googled David Beckham Lego Taj Mahal and funnily enough I found another article confirming it that David Beckham did have a a Taj Mahal, the Lego Taj Mahal kit. In uh, 2010 was when he bought it and he spoke about it in an interview and loads of the sales went up and yeah it was great. Um, and then I found another article, sort of further down the Google page, um, from 2014, so four years later, uh, that says, David Beckham yet to finish his Lego Taj Mahal. So that sort of confirmed my suspicions that maybe he didn't quite have the commitment to build a 6,000-piece Lego model. But the way it says not, not, not finished yet, to me that suggests it's an ongoing process. So in David and Beckham's big mansion, wherever it is they live these days, I like to think there is like a, a half-finished Taj Mahal. Because, think about it, he started it 2010, that was 11 years ago. He hadn't finished it in 2014. What, what, where's he up to now? He's had it for 11 years. Has he completed it yet? I don't know the answer. I wish I did. I wish I could get you an exclusive from David Beckham to give him the answer, but sadly, I can't. I can only assume that progress is ongoing and he might have done maybe like, I don't know, a couple of hundred pieces by this point. We are 11 years in. But in fairness to to Mr. Beckham, we all start things and don't finish them. I do it all the time. I got <laughs> I got gifted a wooden horse. It's not really a wooden horse. It's like a you can make a small model of a wooden horse. I don't really know why you'd want to do that, but I got given it and I started it, and that's that's been in the draw for about a year and a bu- year and a half. Um, when I was little, I, I had some like screw fix, not screw fix, what's it called? Airfix models of the van from Wallace and Gromit, right? And I don't think I ever quite finished that. It got broken before it was ever finished. And currently, I'm looking at a load of egg boxes that I was supposed to try and make something with and they just they just sat there stacked up so i do relate in many ways to david beckham um well not just on this particular front we're very similar people um i want to know when you have done a david beckham basically he's he's had a lego kit for 11 years still not complete as far as we know what tasks have you got in your life that you've started maybe you started a few weeks ago months ago years ago and, you know, you haven't you haven't given up on them. It's just in the back of your mind. It's like on the back burner. It's low down the priority list. You're just like, oh, got to finish that at some point. And maybe you will. Maybe you won't. But it's it's just still there. It's not completed. Let me know, please. 07807 183 538. You can email station at wizardradio.co.uk. You can tweet at wizardradio. You can Instagram DM slide at wizardradio. 
what tasks have you got, much like David Beckham, that you've started and haven't finished yet? Bonus points if they've been going on for, well, the same time David Beckham's been doing his Lego Taj Mahal 11 years. 07807 183 538. Let's try and find the, the longest running incomplete task in the world in the next 10 minutes or so. Let's play Cardi B first. It's up on Wizard Radio. Live from a slightly funny smelling basement in Manchester. This is Alec Feldman on Wizard Radio. Wizard Radio with Mike Shinoda and happy endings. Ian Dior's on that. Ian Dior's on everything at the moment. I need to find out more about this Ian Dior chap and why he's appearing on like every song. Is he the new Sean Paul? <laughs> Cardi B and Up was before that. Hello, it's Alec Feldman. AJ Tracy coming up. Also, Will Joseph Cook playing before five. What's going on is on the way. It's all happening, don't move. I'm talking at the moment about unfinished business. I started making a, a small model horse over a year ago because it was gifted to me. Uh, I also have loads of egg boxes that I was supposed to do something with. Never finished it, but you know, I will. David Beckham got some Lego, the Lego kit for the Taj Mahal, 6,000 pieces. He started that in the year 2010. As of 2014, he hadn't finished it. 2021, I don't know, but I'm not, I'm not hopeful. And so I just wanted to know what unfinished business you've got, what tasks you've started, and then just never quite got around to finishing. Katie says, last February, aka 2019, in geography, we were learning some physical geography. We were set a task by our teachers to do a 3D model of a hill with a moat around it and some other bits. I don't remember what the task was, but because it was a big project, we were given a whole month to complete it. You probably know where this is going already. Started it last March, a couple of weeks before the hand-in date. Um, I needed to go to Hobbycraft to buy some more supplies to finish it off. Fast forward to the next day, school gets shut down, the shops get shut, I've never had to hand in the project. So in my dining room, to this day, is a half-completed hill and moat project. What a sad story. Also, I like that you said last February, brackets 2019, when I'm pretty sure you're describing February 2020, but everything's so merged into one that I just don't, nobody knows what time is anymore. But I'm pretty sure that, that was only a year ago, not two. Yeah, I've, I've seen these hill things before. My school was full of them. Like, all around the geography department, they just had these, like, paper mache hills. And I never understood why. What, why. What's the point of them? Why do you have to make a hill? What are you trying to show? Is it to show the water cycle? Is it to show how rich people in castles defend themselves from intruders? I don't know. I've never quite got that. Because we never got to do it. I'm wondering whether it was something they reserved for like when they have nothing the teachers are like oh i can't build the teach let's make a model because i never got the chance to make a model of a hill what a big disappointment but one day katie you will get to finish that hill they'll demand it i mean I suppose schools reopened and closed what twice since then has anybody mentioned the hill no maybe it will never get finished that's a shame i bet that could have been a great model model hill i'm so sorry that you never got to finish it uh, Cameron says, when I was 10 years old, it was the time in my life when I was still cute. And me and my dad decided to make Train City in our loft. My dad's the kind of person who likes miniature trains and all that kind of stuff, you know, dad stuff. I was 10 years old, I didn't really know any better. So we went to the loft, cleared out a load of space, and we started building a whole railway track with like little buildings and all of that. And then we just kind of stopped. In lockdown, I decided to go back up to the loft and Train City was still there incomplete huge pieces of tracks missing no actual trains on the tracks because we never actually bought them and it made me feel very depressed well that's like a view into the the dystopian future isn't it train city is is everywhere one day everywhere will be like that just abandoned forgotten about there are no trains there are no people just some abandoned tracks and buildings it's a very futuristic city cameron gotta hand it to you wow i could sort of see myself becoming a bit like your dad one day. I don't think I will, but you know, the risk exists. If I'm not careful, I might become the kind of person that decides that they want to make like a miniature city in their loft. I, I will resist the urge, but you know, I it could happen. It could happen if events don't quite turn out the way they, they should. And I'll be, I'll be on that hype. I think it could be, because it's so cute and small, isn't it? You know, 
weirdly, the second shout out Hobbycraft gets in the last like two minutes. But you know, Hobbycraft, they have like a whole section full of like mini stuff, like tiny furniture or mini trainy stuff for people that build train tracks in the lofts. And it is really cute. Or like when you go to Miniland at Legoland when they've well, a Lego heavy show as well, where they make like cities but out of Lego. I love all that stuff. Model villages. Everybody always laughs at model villages and says they're really lame. I think they're really cute and a fun day out. Just just saying. So there is a risk I could become this person, but I don't think I don't think I will. I've got to try and keep on the right track, no pun intended. Alex says, uh, for once, I can finally say I have something in common with David Beckham. Don't do yourself down. I'm sure you have lots in common with, with David Beckham. I also have an incomplete Lego set. It's not a Taj Mahal, but I've never finished my Lego Star Wars Millennium Falcon. I got it for Christmas 2018. I started it, then I probably went to eat some food or play with a different present, and then it just never got finished. So I put it in my, my top drawer, aka the drawer of death, where projects go to die. I just looked in there, and a half-completed Millennium Falcon stared right back at me. You might have just inspired me to finish it though. Yes, Alex, do it. We're in a pandemic. There is nothing else to do. There's nowhere else to go. We've only got a few months left of this lockdown, so use it productively. Finish your Lego Millennium Falcon. I feel like you really didn't give that a good a good shot. Is it a big Lego set or is it kind of a medium-sized one? Because if you, if you literally tried it once and then got distracted and never finished it, that's sad. That's a good present. Lego is fun. I wish I had more Lego in my life, you know. It's really expensive, but I I could smash a Lego house right now. I think it would be good fun. Anyway, that aside, thank you very much for your unfinished projects. You can you can do this. Cameron, you can finish Train City. Alex, you can finish your Star Wars Millennium Falcon. Katie, don't bother completing the hill. Not worth your time. This is AJ Tracy and Anxious. AJ Tracy, live and direct with Anxious. It's on Wizard Radio with Alec Feldman. Good afternoon. Will Joseph Cook plays in a minute. We'll do what's going on soon as well. But first, I would like to come to you with a warning. You can listen to it. You can ignore it. I don't really mind. But I feel like as a broadcaster, it is my duty to give you this warning. Um, So do heed it if you can. It's about a vegetable. It's a vegetable that, you know, it looks it looks innocent enough, but actually, it's far from it. It could kill you. A literal vegetable could kill you. And I know that's what you're kind of scared of when you're like a child and you don't want to eat your veg that it might kill you. But no, most vegetables, yes, they are good for you. That's what the general scientific advice is. Vegetables, good. You should eat them. But I would like to provide a public health warning for a killer vegetable just so you're aware of its existence. There are killer parsnips on the loose. I know that sounds like a a weird sentence, an unexpected sentence, possibly even exaggeration, but I'm not exaggerating at all. This is a very, very serious warning. There are killer parsnips on the beach. Killer beach parsnips. I, I didn't know you ever found parsnips on a beach, but... It, you do in Cumbria at least which you like right right at the top of England just before you get to Scotland in the northwest you've got Cumbria I think it's kind of rural they've got beaches and they've also got beach parsnips but worse than that they've got killer beach parsnips it's a specific type of pa- uh, parsnip called dropwort roots they have a number of nicknames including dead man's fingers uh, and they grow on a, a, a beach in Cumbria, apparently. Um, they generally stay buried below the ground, kind of slightly out to sea. But because there's been loads of storms and stuff, they've been, like, exposed. They've uncovered them. And now these parsnips are just lying around on the beach. Which, you know, sounds weird, the idea that you would find parsnips on a beach. You might see them and go, oh, look, parsnips on the beach. How weird. Let's pick them up and take them home. Don't do it. They will kill you. They will literally kill you. This is no exaggeration. These dropwort roots um, are highly, highly toxic. The roots are the worst bit, like the green tips on the end. But the whole parsnip, if you eat it, it will trigger, <clears throat> according to this warning, 
spasmodic convulsions, um, which I think just means like a, a seizure type thing, followed by sudden death. The root is the worst bit, but the whole plant is poisonous. Even if you have a tiny little bite of it, it will kill humans, it'll kill animals. These are really dangerous, which <laughs> this is the weirdest thing because you wouldn't expect a parsnip to be so fatal, but but it is. It's such an innocent, bland, you know, predictable vegetable, and yet there's a subspecies of parsnip that will literally kill you. i also kind of surprised because we don't normally get this kind of stuff in the UK. Generally, poisonous stuff or animals, they're all quite tame. We don't have, like, poisonous snakes, really. We don't have poisonous spiders like they might in like australia we've got we've got one better though we do have poisonous parsnips so if any if any australians come over here they think they're safe from spiders but no the parsnips watch out for them so that is the public health warning you should all look out for killer parsnips they might be washed up on a beach near you don't eat them because you will die so take note, this is very important information. What's going on next after Will Joseph Cook? That's uh, Wizard Radio. That was Will Joseph Cook and Chloe Mirondo with Be Around Me. Alec Feldman here. Good afternoon. It is now time for another edition of this. What's going on? Welcome one and all to What's Going On, the only game on the radio that has a great sound effect at the start. I I don't know what else it has going for it, but we have a nice time. Every week, just before four o'clock, I play you a sound that will confuse you. It will intrigue you. It will baffle you. And hopefully, it'll get the imaginative juices flowing. That's my favorite phrase, by the way. Have you noticed? Every week, I, I love throwing in an imaginative juices, creative juices, because, I mean, what does it mean? What is a creative juice? I don't know, but I like it. I want to get your creative juices flowing right now with this little clip, right? So, how it works, I'm going to play it to you a couple of times, you know, to give you a good chance to, to hear it, to have a listen, to pick out all the different things that's occurring. And I just want you to tell me what you think is happening. It's a very, very simple game. You hear the noise and tell me what it is. I don't like to make it too easy, though, because it's usually quite confusing it's been like ripped from context confusing noises and bangs and crashes often feature sometimes people speaking a different language just to really throw you off the scent it's just confusing audio that i would like you to explain to me very simple if you've got an idea you can send me a message with your guess doesn't have to be right just has to be funny and then we'll see if you're right before the end of the show without further ado let's hear for the first time this week's clip. There you go. <laughs> what on earth is happening there? Don't you want to know? Um, an interesting one this week uh what could that be i know what you're thinking but come on more creative than that please what on earth is happening if you think you know if you can work it out all you've got to do is formulate your idea put it into words and then send those words to me alec hi my number is 07807 183 538 my twitter is at wiz radio my email address is station at wizardradio.co.uk come up with your best explanation for all of the sounds that you are hearing in in this so that that is quite clearly a woman who is having a nice time doing something there's like a constant sort of like a a sort of like a banging or a slapping noise. She's going, oh, yes. Um, and then at the end, she stops and she seems quite satisfied. What could that be? C- come on, it's not. It's not that. You know it's not that. 07807 183 538. 
with your best guesses for what is going on in that clip, which, by the way, is completely suitable for work as an activity. Just, just letting you know, it's not, it's not what you think it is. Alrighty, we'll work that one out <laughs> and come back to it before the end of the show. On the way next, I would like to bring you some some more bonus content from the Oprah, Harry and Meghan interview. They did the interview last week. It's the biggest news story in the world. Everybody's talking about it. Everybody's watched it. Everybody's picking up on one of Oprah's catchphrases. And so I may have have taken that catchphrase and had a bit of fun with it. That's coming up in about 10 minutes time after I play you the new Jake Bug song, which is really good. Zoe Wee's and now the news at four o'clock. I, the voiceover guy, have been paid a small one-off fee to let you know that you're listening to Alec Feldman on Wizard Radio. I love that song from Jake Bug. It's all I need. And Zoe Wee's with Girls Like Us was before it. It's Wizard Radio with Alec Feldman. Happy Saturday afternoon. Thank you very much for listening. I will play you Daya and Justin Bieber in a minute. You know this Harry and Meghan interview with Oprah Winfrey? Obviously, I've watched the entire thing. The full, what is it, like 90 minutes plus all the ad breaks on the ITV website. I watched it all because, number one, I just wanted to see what everyone was talking about because I didn't have time until last night. But I wanted to to know everything, all of the details. I find, you know, the royal family sort of interesting purely because they're so mysterious like they keep everything so tightly locked down that you never know what goes on behind closed doors so when people do actually talk about it it is very interesting gossip i've got to say and and also uh, long-time listeners of this this radio show will remember that i am quite the fan of Meghan markle or i used to be back in the day when she was on suits so i was very interested in, in the whole thing um and so i watched it and one thing that stood out to me, I guess, was was Oprah Winfrey's catchphrase. Because whenever Meghan or Harry said something, especially Meghan, really, like, explosive and shocking, Oprah had, like, perfected her, her shocked face and the, just the pause and the... What? And she did it so well. And I'm a big fan of it. And I think it's so good that it deserves to be remixed into some of the... The hits of the day. I'm sure that's what Oprah <laughs> wanted to come out of this interview, as well as, you know, the royal family being embarrassed and Piers Morgan being fired. I mean, the third thing she wanted was to be remixed into a Dua Lipa song, like so. We fight and we argue, you'll soon love me blind. If we don't this whole thing up, guaranteed I can blow your mind. What? Doesn't it work? It just does it. It slots in so nicely. Oprah being shocked in songs needs to be a thing. This is what happens when I, I get really bored, by the way. I just start playing around with songs and doing dumb things like this. So Oprah and Dua Lipa, yes, it would be a good collaboration. What about one of the biggest songs in the world right now? That song called Friday. It's Friday then, it's Saturday, Sunday. What? What? Doesn't that, doesn't, it just, it just works. It just fits. It's such a good reaction. It deserves to be in a song. This one I, I tried to make, maybe not quite as good, um, but I tried to stick her into a Justin Bieber song as well. What? Do you, mean? Oh. you you see it kind of kind of works just about uh, a little bit. But I was I was listening to the, to you know Oprah saying what and thinking what does that remind me of? I've definitely heard someone say what in that exact same way in a song before. What song was it? What was the song I need to remember? And then I realized that it would fit perfectly into Taylor Swift Cause like we hadn't seen each other in a month when you said you needed space What? It's exactly the same, it's practically in tune Her delivery of the word what is exactly the same as Taylor Swift's in the song We are never ever getting back together And so you know I, I, I remixed those ones the you know DJ that I am 
and I was really racking my brains for other songs that contain the word what that I could just insert a bit of Oprah Winfrey into, give it the Oprah treatment. And um, I mean, I came up with a couple of others. I did some, I did Pink, I did Christina Aguilera, but the best one, I think, is Jason Derulo featuring Oprah Winfrey with, with this song. What? 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 <laughs> there you go. So, Oprah, if you want to to collab more, I can mix more of your catchphrases into songs. Hit me up. But this is basically just what I do when I get bored. I remix celebrities. There we go. Right. Coming up next, another question that needs answering. We've done Oprah's what. We will now do who could be the next Piers Morgan. I've got some contenders, and I'll give you the details next after Daya and Bad Girl. Wizard Radio with Daya and Bad Girl. Justin Bieber is on the way, sadly not featuring Oprah Winfrey. So are ATB Topic and A7S. Uh, But now let's talk about, I guess, some of the fallout from the Oprah interview with Harry and Meghan. Mainly the fact that Piers Morgan left slash was fired from his job on Good Morning Britain, which is like a breakfast news show on the telly on ITV in the UK. He's gone. He can no longer sit there next to Susanna Reid just spouting off about irrelevant rubbish or air his really horrible opinions about stuff, which is a good thing, I think. I'm sure he'll be back before long, like an unwanted smell. (laughs) But for now, Piers Morgan's off the telly. And this is a good thing, and this is great news. This is much reason to be happy and joyful. Um, So, yay. But, here's the big but. They need to replace him with someone. Um, Because, you know, that's how it works. You've got got two people on the sofa on Good Morning Britain, so they can have a bit of banter, a bit of fun. Or, in Piers and Susanna's case, he can just go off on one while she stands there and hates on him. Who's it going to be? How can you fill the shoes of someone so utterly dislikable? Probably quite easily, actually, but... The reason he was on that show, basically, was that he was he was controversial, but he got attention. He drew people in, because even if you didn't like him, you'd still sort of watch to see what he had to say, so he could be like, ugh, what an idiot. I mean, I didn't, but people did. That's why he was on, right? So who could they replace Piers Morgan with that will attract that same kind of audience, you know, some of them will love him, some of them will hate him, but watch anyway. Who could you possibly get? I'm going to take you through all the runners and riders and contenders who could be taking Piers Morgan's job, right? The first one, I mean, this is being suggested by quite a lot of people. When I say a lot of people, I mean me. What if they replace Piers with Pierce? That could be quite straightforward. So you could have um, Pierce Brosnan on Good Morning Britain and said he is the actor. He was in Mamma Mia and he sung quite badly. He was in James Bond as well as James Bond. But here, just as a, a little taster, I guess, of what it could be like if Pierce Brosnan took over from Piers Morgan on Good Morning Britain, here is a hard hitting interview he did with Lorraine Kelly. Man, it's good to meet you. You too. Yes. I have a home in London. I was born there. What part of England are you from? Here and there, dear. All over, really. Yes. <laughs> Accent's a little kind of muddled. There, really? So. Well, so is your tan. <laughs> that, that's him and Lorraine Kelly, no, really. Just having a nice, friendly chat. So he could be a contender, possibly. I think the bookies odds on him currently are 7 to 1, whatever that means. Alternatively, um, someone who's sort of annoying in a slightly different way, but will play a similar sort of role, I think. You could do Kermit the Frog. I know him and Piers Morgan are quite different, but if you're going to make a mockery of it, why not? Why not go all the way? Kermit the Frog could be... (laughs) um, uh, What's her name? Uh, I've forgotten her name. Susanna Reid's co-host. Right. He could take the job. Here is a clip of him doing some some journalism. We take you now to Kermit the Frog at the scene of another fast-breaking news story. Hi, all. This is Kermit the Frog speaking to you from the scene of the accident, uh, where Mr. Humpty Dumpty has oh, no. just fallen off of his wall. Some really serious, important breaking news. 
I'm sure if he took the role of Piers Morgan, he would find a way of blaming Humpty Dumpty for falling off the wall. But he is a contender. The odds on him, I think, are currently 15 to 1. You know, not as good as Piers. Um, now next, this is another name being put about. Jeremy Clarkson. You remember him? He was on Top Gear until he punched someone. Another quite similar figure to Piers Morgan. You know, divisive, very, very, very problematic, controversial, but could fill the gap quite nicely. Um, here is him basically doing the exact same thing Piers Morgan would do. If you're thinking of coming to America, this is what it's like. You've got your comfort in, you've got your best Western, you've got your red lobster where you eat. Everybody's very fat, everybody's very stupid, and everybody's very rude. I found that clip, by the way, from, <laughs> no joke, a YouTube compilation called Jeremy Clarkson being racist. So, make of that what you will. He could be the next Piers Morgan, but this is my, my favourite suggestion. This is what I really hope happens. There is a man on the TV in the UK called Richard Maidley. I don't know why I've never mentioned him on the show before, because um, he is the kind of person that you'd think I should obsess over, that kind of like slightly older, slightly cringier man, you know, in the same vein as like Noel Edmonds. He's that kind of character. He used to be on the TV with his wife, Judy. They used to present together. Now it's just kind of him doing his own thing. He pops up on Good Morning Britain sometimes. And people keep comparing him to, to the sitcom character Alan Partridge just because the way they act, the way they carry on as if they have zero self-awareness is kind of cringy but also quite funny. So if you are unfamiliar of Richard Maidley, here is one example of his work. You look at the beach and you think, ah, oh, pretty, pretty, lovely golden sand, that's safe. Yeah. Uh-uh, not in certain parts of the country. Quicksand and a horrible way to die. You see, imagine waking up to that every single day. Richard Maidley going on these bizarre tangents about quicksand. Uh, Susanna Reid again can continue her job of sitting and nodding and occasionally giving some, like, brutal stares. He could be the guy. I, I genuinely think he could, and even better, maybe you're thinking, you know, Richard Maidley, he seems like a, a nice, entertaining enough chap, but what if he's not controversial or rude enough to fill the gap left by Piers Morgan or have that same rapport with Susanna Reid? I can prove you wrong right now. Storm Brian. Storm Brian, what a yeah. name. What's in Storm a name? Brian. It's like Storm Horace, isn't it? You know, it's like Storm Cuthbert. You, you want Storm Macbeth. You see, he's got it. He can do the exact same hard-hitting news as Piers Morgan. So those are the contenders. I think the odds on Richard Maidley are 3-1. Are to one. So it, it could be him. We could be seeing him any day now. So keep your eyes peeled because someone's got to do the job. And I think it should be Maidley. I will be actively campaigning to make this happen. Next, bank statements. What if you got one for your whole life? Let's investigate after Justin Bieber and hold on. Wizard Radio, Justin Bieber and hold on. Hello, Alec Feldman here. Hope you are all good. ATB is coming up. So is that awesome Dua Lipa song. I was, I was thinking about something this week and I got onto this, this line of thought because of the company um, Patagonia. They're a clothes company and they make quite expensive fancy clothes. I think they're kind of known for like outerwear, coats, jackets, that sort of thing. And one of the things they're known for is having like a lifetime guarantee. So basically, for the, the entire lifetime of you and the product, if there's anything wrong with it, you can like send it to them and they'll fix it up for you for, for not that much money. Um, which is quite a cool thing, I guess, you know, encourages sustainability, not throwing stuff away. The downside of that, I suppose, is that their stuff, their clothes are quite expensive. And so you pay, you pay a lot at the beginning so you buy a Patagonia coat or whatever. You pay probably, I don't know, two, three hundred quid, depending on what you get. Which is a lot for a coat. But then, if that coat is going to last you, like, the rest of your life, you're never going to have to buy another coat. Because if it ever, like, gets damaged or torn or whatever, you can send it back to them. And they'll, they'll fix it for you fairly cheaply. Is that a worthwhile investment? Because you've got to kind of do the calculation. How much money are you likely to spend on coats? in your whole lifetime, which is which is a long time. It's a hard thing to work out. But if if you were to work that out and then you found out that actually, maybe if you bought this really expensive coat once and then kept it forever, that would actually save you money in the long run. 
maybe that'll be the best thing to do. And from that, I got thinking about like, well, what about other stuff? Like how much money do you spend in a lifetime on say, computers or other clothes or food or petrol or whatever it is you use, bus fares. Because like when you think about it, over the course of a lifetime, that is a long time. It'll all add up to like what sounds like a ridiculous amount of money. And it, obviously it probably isn't. But when you really think like when you add it up for literally your entire life, that would be so that would be like tens of thousands of pounds on these things. And you know, that is like a year's a year's salary for most people. And so you could end up when when you get to the end of your life, you could probably do the calculation. And you'd be like, right, I worked in my life for 50 years. Three of those years I was working purely to be able to afford meal deals. Because, I don't know, say you could work out that a meal deal, actually, the number of meal deals you've had in your life adds up to like a three years worth of income or something crazy. And I know this, this is a, a really weird sort of thought to have after that. But I did wonder, what if when you die (laughs) without wanting to get too morbid you get given a bank statement i know lots of people have different theories about what happens when you die you know you get to the pearly gates what do they do what do they say what if they just give you a bank statement and go really you didn't buy a house but you spent seventeen thousand pounds in your life on avocado you're kidding me what if that's what happens what if you got a bank statement for your entire life everything you've ever bought because that would weirdly kind of be fascinating, wouldn't it? To see how much of your money you've spent on a certain thing throughout your whole life. So I've done some calculations, right? The thing I probably buy more than anything else in the world is hummus. And so I probably spend... Like, I get through a lot of hummus. I probably get through maybe like two, three tubs a week. So that's what, a couple of quid. Maybe like, let's say... Let's say the upper end of the scale, right? I spend six quid a week on hummus. I probably don't. But just as an estimate, right? In a year, that is £312. £312 quid a year on hummus, which, you know, it doesn't sound like a lot. But then when you add it up to like the last three years, when I say I've eaten the most hummus in my life, that's nearly £1,000 that I've spent on hummus in the last three years. Yeah, what else could I have done with that 1000 quid if I hadn't spent it on hummus? If I'd saved that money, I could have, I don't know, a new laptop or a... A TV or something, a, a car? I, mean, I don't want a car, but I could probably have that if I hadn't bought all that hummus. But then I did the calculation that if I spent 312 quid a year on hummus every year for my whole life, let's assume that I live until the age of, let's say, let's say 100, because I, I fully intend to be here until I'm 100. That is. £31,200 in an entire lifetime spent on hummus. That's like, I think that's the average salary in the UK. So I would work for a whole year of my life just for hummus. I mean, that's crazy. Or maybe it's not. Maybe that's that's just maths. I don't know. But to me, that sounds like a mind-blowing amount of money. It's like when they say you spend half your life in bed. And you're like, wow, what a waste. But, you know, because you need to sleep. So you just do. But... If we if we sort of run with this this idea that when you <laughs> when you die you get given a bank statement with everything you've ever spent what what's going to be on yours do you want to do you want to just get like your phone calculator out and think of something you buy like a lot of a lot of it it's probably the thing you buy the most you I don't know waste your money on it when when you know the end comes which hopefully is in a very 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 long time on this bank statement, how much of your money throughout your life will you have spent on this thing? Uh, that's a really weird abstract question to think about, but I would be genuinely interested if anybody fancied doing the maths and thinking of like the one product that they get all the time, just working it out and sending it to me. Um, then I would be fascinated to know what will be on your your imaginary hypothetical lifetime bank statements. I know this is a weird question to ask, but don't tell me you're not curious. You've already got your calculator out, haven't you? And you're working out how much of your money you spend on hair gel in your your whole life. So if you if you've got anything and you want to share it with me, my number, as per, is 07807 183 
538 or send me an email station at wizardradio.co.uk coming up one of my favourite songs at the moment from Dua Lipa before that another one of my favourite songs at the moment from ATB and Topic and A7S but ATB is like off of the 90s and this has been remixed right so I've done some research just in case you're not familiar with ATB I've condensed it into a 60 second guide and right now for you here it is Alex, totally accurate, definitely not made up 60 second guide. ATB is a German DJ from the 90s. He takes his name from the number of the house that he grew up in when he was a child. It was nine, It was ATB Gartenstrasse, which is in East Berlin. His birth name was Hans Honecker, and he was actually a, a distant relative of Erich Honecker, who was the leader of the East German Communist Party. Now, despite this familial connection, growing up in communist East Germany was tough for ATB. All of the music was carefully vetted to ensure it didn't have any subversive capitalist messages. That was something ATB had to be really conscious of when he was writing dance tracks in his bedroom. Singers and songwriters just tended to use really simple lyrics to make their lives easier. Hence why the lyrics to the original version of this song, 9pm, was simply, Till I come, change it and say, till I come. And that was it. By the time the song was actually released, the communist regime was long gone, but self-censorship was so deeply ingrained into the East German musicians. He couldn't be able to think of any other words and waited until Topic and A7S came along to do it for him. That's ATB in 60 seconds. Alec Feldman on Wizard Radio. Come and join the fun from a safe distance. That was Dua Lipa and We're Good before the ATV Topic and A7S with your love, which I am so into. Alec Feldman here. Ash and Phineas playing soon. So is Maisie Peters, Mars Rikulski on at five o'clock. But I got into the, the weird sort of brain rabbit hole where I was trying to work out how much money I've spent in my life so far and will spend, you know, by the time I, I depart from this planet in, you know, like 90 to 100 years time on hummus. Turns out it's about £31,000. And I was just thinking how mad it would be if when we do, you know, die, we just get a bank statement that tells us how much we've spent in our whole lives on certain things. You know, money well spent, money not well spent. I don't know. But it would be, it just be so weird to see that number actually worked out. Um, and I was just asking, what would be on your, like, lifetime bank statement? Paige says, uh, this is actually madness. I know, isn't it? I was talking to my parents the other week about how much money they've saved on our school lunches because we've been home for basically a year. We worked it out and we've just done the maths again. So say lunch is £3 a day at school, right? We have 200 school days a year. That works out to like 12 weeks off in a 52-week year, which again does sound right. So that's 200 school days, £3 a day, £600 a year. If I was at school normally and hadn't, you know, been at home because of the pandemic, seven years of secondary school works out to £4,200 in total just on school lunch. That take uh, That's enough to put me off from having kids, Paige says. Um, really? Just, just the lunch costs. Of all the things that are off-putting about one day having kids, I feel like the lunch costs are fairly low down my list. But that's, that is, that is mad that you spend over four grand just on buying slightly rubbish sandwiches in the school canteen. Because, uh, I don't know, I might be stating the obvious here, that, you know, when you when you spend money on something for your whole life, you will obviously end up spending a lot of money, but it's all, it's all relative, which is probably the case. But when you actually hear the number out loud, it does feel quite ridiculous. It's not just me that thinks this right. I hope not. Obvi- I mean, Paige agrees, so that's fine. Charlotte says, I'm going to sound really posh for saying this, but I promise I'm not. Listen, Charlotte, no shame. We don't posh shame here. People are welcome no matter what class they come from on this show. My favourite thing on this planet, says Charlotte, are mozzarella minis from Waitrose. Ooh, look at you. Sorry, I promise not to class shame. Um, They're just a bag of mozzarella balls that they sell that are small. I think a bag's like 150, and I live near a mini Waitrose. So yes, I go to the mini Waitrose to get my mini mozzarella balls. Does the mini Waitrose only sell mini things? (laughs) This is how it works. She says, I do it every week on a Friday so I can have them at the weekend, you know, to treat myself. So if every bag's 150, I've done this since I was eight. I'm not going to stop anytime soon. Say I live to 90. 
I mean, be ambitious, Charlotte, but okay. That's 82 years of my life where I do this every week. AKA 4,264 bags of mozzarella minis. AKA 6,396 pounds. Which, to be honest, is not as bad as I thought it would be. Yeah, it, it could be worse. That's That doesn't feel quite as ridiculous as spending a year's salary on hummus, which is potentially what I'll end up doing by the time I'm, I'm off. Not off the show, like, you know, off life. But that's that's mad. Um, I like I like how much you big up the mini waitros. <laughs> Clearly, the, the solution to all of life's ills is to live near a mini waitros. And also the idea of having them as a weekend treat. I bet I bet Charlotte is eating some mini mozzarella balls right now as we speak. Listening to the show, just munching on a, a tiny mozzarella that she's got from Waitrose for £1.50. I bet, I bet that's what's happening. Megan says, okay, I don't think I'm going to like this. I get a specific drink from a specific well-known coffee chain twice a week, every week of the year. The drink costs around four pounds depending on what toppings i'm in the mood for i've also done this since i was 13 years old and will probably do it until i'm uh, probably about 85 let's say 52 weeks a year times two 104 drinks a year um 72 years of drinking the drink so that's 72 times 104 7488 drinks just from this chain in my life which is mad but the scary part when you multiply that by four to get the amount of money you spend on it, that's £29,952 on coffee-based drinks in my life. I hate that. See, Megan, this is why Gen Z and Millennials, we're not, we're not ever going to buy houses. It's not because, you know, the economy is stacked against us. It's purely because we waste all our money on coffee and avocado. That's what that's what they tell us, right? That, you see, that, that is a lot. That feels like so much money. If you stopped doing that, you'd have an extra 30 grand by the time you die to spend on something else. Well, I suppose you won't really You need it by the time you, you die. Um, yeah, I don't know. It just Because if you didn't spend the money on these things, you'd spend it on something else because you need to buy things to live. But when you actually think about the things you buy throughout the course of your life, that's, that's so much. So much. Um, I'm, I'm disappointed that nobody is planning on staying around until 120 like I am, but, you know, I'll, I'll still be here when you're all long gone, clearly, based on those sums. Got to plan ahead. Anyway, thank you very much. That has been a fascinating insight into what people spend their money on. Coming up next, we will find out <laughs> the answer to the slightly inappropriate what's going on clip after Ash and Phineas till forever falls apart on Wizard Radio. Wizard Radio... That was Phineas and Ash with Till Forever Falls Apart. Wasn't that lovely? Anyway, let's get back to What's Going On? It's a really fun one this week because the clip is... I mean, it's not not what you'd expect to hear on What's Going On. Before 4 o'clock I played you this, it's a sound. You just have to try and work out what is actually happening in this slightly confusing clip. Have a listen. (laughs) It's not it's not what you think it is. I promise that. Um but it is it's a woman who's having a lovely time doing some kind of repetitive action which then finishes and she sounds quite satisfied. But what what's actually happening? Billy suggests something sporty. I think there's a woman playing baseball or some other bat-based game and saying yes whenever she hits the ball. But I don't think it's a normal game of baseball. I think she's got one of those machines that automatically throws a ball at you. So it's her versus the machine. A bit like how the tennis pros practice. If you get the kind of grunting noises. Yeah, yeah, I can hear that. That's, That's purely innocent. It's just because she's playing sports. She's hitting baseballs. Ah, of course. There's a perfectly reasonable, innocent explanation for all that. I, I, I completely get it now. Thank you, Billy, for that suggestion. Um, you're not, you're not 100% wrong, but you're a good 80 to 90% wrong, I'd say. There's no baseballs involved. There are no balls involved, which might be a surprise to some, but there are no balls involved in that clip. Just to clarify, but. 
it is a bit sporty, so I'll give you that, Billy. You're not you're not a million miles away. Uh, Benny has been on saying, I have no idea, but I think this is a woman making wine. What? He says, hang, hang in there with me, Alec. I don't know if you've ever seen those videos of people stepping on grapes in a big wooden thing to help make wine. It's much harder to do than it looks, apparently. When you're squelching around, you need to like keep a pace up to make sure the, act- the grapes do actually get squashed. So I think it's a woman stepping on grapes, trying to make wine, and the, oh yes, 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 is just her motivating herself to keep going. Um, you're not quite there, Benny, although thank you for reminding me of the image that when wine gets made, it's just people, like, treading on grapes in their bare feet. That's gross. Nonetheless, um, you're wrong. (laughs) It's nothing to do with grapes or wine. I've never tried it, but I, I, I do take your word for it that it's difficult, but that's not what's happening in that clip. But thank you for playing as ever. A good guess, Benny. Nice one. Vic says, this feels so inappropriate, Alec. I don't know what you're talking about. My guess, it doesn't help, probably, but I think this is a woman watching her child play football. That's what the kicking sound is. Um, someone's kicking a ball against a wall, perhaps. So it's a woman, she's with a little child, the child's playing football, kicking the ball against the wall. Every time he scores a goal in between goalposts, that are probably jumpers, she says, ah, yes, to congratulate him. I mean, Vic, I, I've never been that good at football, but do you really think he'd be able to score that many goals that quickly? It's not a football game, but again, you got the sporty theme right, same as Billy. I think I'll just tell you, the thing that is going on in what's going on this week, it's a woman who's kind of, she's on like a rock, I think, near some mountains, it's very scenic, but she is skipping with a skipping rope and her dog. Her and her dog are skipping together using a skipping rope. That's what the sort of the, the like slapping noise is. Every time the dog jumps at the right time, she says yes to congratulate him. Now we know that it's perfectly innocent as an activity. Let's have another listen to the clip. See, nothing inappropriate at all. Just a woman and her dog having a good time together doing some skipping. I think that's where we'll leave it for today. Thank you so much for listening. Miles Mikulski is coming up next. We'll do it all again next week, 3 till 5 on Saturday afternoon. Do come and hang out. This is Maybe Peter's John Hughes movie on Wizard Radio. Have a good evening. There goes another episode of Alec Feldman, the podcast. Wasn't that some great content? Come back next week for more audio-based fun. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, are you a super fan of Taylor Swift, Jelly Roll, or Morgan Wallen? Are you that song nerd who likes to dive into every little lyric of every little song and figure out what everything means? Do you want to take that a bit further, though? Because I have a podcast called Songwriter Soup, and it dives into the journey of a songwriter and how those people help craft the soundtrack of your life. I'm Laura Veltz, and I'm bringing all of my friends together to discuss our funny little job writing for all of your favorite artists. Listen to Songwriter Soup wherever you get your podcasts.